All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. Our guest today spent eight years as the head of the Gopher Soccer program from 2004 through the 2011 season, compiling a record of 91, 58, and 14, including the two deepest NCAA tournament runs in program history in 08 and 2010. Please welcome Mickey Denny Wright. Yes, thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. This is a very long time coming. As I, as I said before we started recording, I think Mickey maybe holds the mantle of the person who gets brought up to me or mentioned in conversation around me most without me ever having spoken to them. And so me writing about Minnesota women's soccer for like five plus years and not having you on yet is kind of a crime. Oh, gosh, no. I'm just glad you go back to the OGs. We're like the OGs. (laughs) That's really what I am. So I'm just glad somebody remembers me. I mean, well, well, we, Mickey, and we are going to get into it. We were joking before we started, and there's a reason we started one or two minutes late. You and I could just like BS yeah. all day long. Yeah. The, the women's soccer world is absurdly small, and yes. we, we won't go too deep into your entire coaching resume, but at one point you coached at Mizzou. Yep. And of course, the Gophers, Gopher fans are, are familiar with Mizzou because then head coach Steph Galan has gone on there. So, the Gopher soccer program is truly just a flat circle. We are just living in in this world. But let's let's jump in, Mickey. Yep. Let's start a little bit with your playing career, actually, mm-hmm. because I don't know if everyone knows that you are also an alum of the Gopher soccer program as a player. So you started your career at North Carolina, yep. and you're originally from Omaha. So we need to we need to hear about how you made it to UNC. By the way, so you you went to UNC, had at least like one injury related challenge and then eventually you you transfer to the U and you have just a star-studded you know career finishing up at the U including being a captain being all region big 10 championships all these all of the all of the shiny objects that college soccer can bring but I really want to ask you first how you landed at USC and then of all places when you were transferring how you ended up at Minnesota well, it, um, you know, I grew up um, in Omaha and obviously this is a time when women's soccer was just starting and college women's soccer is just starting. And uh, my dad is a wrestling coach. Um, oh. So he's been and he's still coaching. He's on his 53rd year of coaching. And both my brothers played soccer and they both played at Rockhurst College in Kansas City. Um, so they're both there still. Um, they got me into soccer you know, and they beat up on me a lot. And so that's where I started. And so I started in Omaha and I actually went to Omaha Marion, which is an all-girls Catholic school. Uh, um, go, go for soccer tie-in. Delaney, yes. Delaney yes. Sucker, current captain and center back, is from Marion, I believe. Yes, and I, my, one of my best friends is the coach there now. Um, oh, and I know a Delaney, and she speaks, and she's a stud, right? And she's, she's such great. a Marion girl. So, oh yeah, that's a lot why I love the visitation opportunity because it really oh, changed yeah. my life going to Marion, and um, we won two state titles and. We're in the finals four times. And, you know, every girl's dream then um, was to go to University of North Carolina, you know, because yeah. the other programs were just starting. Nebraska was just starting. Creighton had been there and Creighton recruited me a bit. Um, right. But my parents for Christmas one year when I was a sophomore sent me to camp. Yeah. And um, it blew my mind because it, it's 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 such an amazing experience at, as a competitive woman when you sit down and I'll never forget there was a demo and this is when Mia and Christine and they were playing one V one and, you know, Anson, everybody sits around and I've never seen two women live compete this way. Right. And it just ignited something in me. I didn't feel alone anymore. I had right. role models and I was like, I've got to be there. Right. So um, 
you know, I, I, I think that camp, I was learning about the competitive cauldron. I was trying to find my feet. I mean, Omaha, Nebraska, there was certainly nobody there from Omaha. So they called me Nebraska. Um, so then the second year when I went to camp, you know, I used what I learned that whole year, I think to learn to become my own best coach. Yeah. I trained, took my training a different level. And the next year when I went, I got to be the camp MVP and Anson actually after a session, got me in his car and was like, Hey, do you want to go to the university of North Carolina? I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, I was, was, you know, at that time I was being created a little bit by Creighton, but, um, I was in, you know, this was a dream. So I'll never forget. My parents drove the minivan, the, the Denny minivan down. That's before cell phones, Matt, you know, before dropped me off at North Carolina. And, um, yeah, I, I, if anybody would tell you back, especially back in the old days, that's an intense environment. So the first day of preseason, um, you run 120s, you run, and my first 1v1 matchup was with Christine Lilly. <laughs> oh, oh, just, just kidding. her? Yeah, that's, and I, she destroyed me. And I appreciate that she never took her foot off the pedal. So it was, <laughs> so I said, wow, I've, I've arrived, you know? So I think I just, the experience, I ended up um, having to sit out with a broken leg that year. Right. The second year I, I did get in, um, we won the national title both years. One yeah. year we beat Duke nine to one. So um, right. it was Christine Lilly, Tish Venturina, Mia Hamm. I mean, I want to be honest, we didn't, I, I, we didn't even come close to a loss. I mean, it was, we were right. destroying people. Um, and, and so it was an amazing experience, but I wanted to, I, you know, I got in a few games, but I was, I really wanted to play. I, I was like, I want to play. I want to get closer to home. I was hoping I was hoping you were going to say I really wanted to get closer to losing. It was kind of boring winning so much. It's that I wanted you to be the first person ever be like we were kind of it wasn't really close enough. I wanted games to be kind of harder. Here's a funny uh, segue is that, OK, when I was at North Carolina, we li- we lived in a house and down the street. Guess who? Uh, the soccer, men's soccer house where Greg Berhalter lived. Sure. Yeah. And through the best parties. And he married one of our teammates. So just so you know, when I think of Greg Berhalter, I have a different view of the parties were epic, by the way. Mickey, I think all due respect to you, we're going to then we need to pause the discussion about you. We need to do about 15 to 20 minutes on Triple G Greg. And we need we need to just dive into this because I frankly have not seen anyone else give Greg Berhalter content from party days. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, what happens at North Carolina stays in North Carolina, so I'll keep, but I I will say he was a great, a great player. Yeah. Super smart. I mean, we watched to play them. Fantastic um, center back, super smart. He was so charismatic. Great Uh person. I mean, so I have nothing to say. I always, I admire Greg. He's awesome. I mean, it, it's funny to think of him back then. Well, then Um, I'm, well, then I'm just going to have to get the stories off air somehow because I am certainly not getting that content anywhere else. So little did I know I had a Minnesota source on college, college Greg Berhalter. So that's important. And he married one of our friends. So he married, um, he married a teammate, Rosalind Santana, um, at the time when he started dating. Yeah. They did throw fantastic parties. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So, uh, but then um, when I wanted to, went into the transfer portal, Anson was actually very helpful. You know, he knew he's like, you know, you, I did the work. I really wanted to play. So I visited Vanderbilt, Michigan, Creighton, um, and Minnesota. And they were all kind of starting, you know, um, these programs. And it was so fun. And so this is, I went to the university, you know, I loved Michigan, to be honest. I was, I loved the academic field. Ann Arbor's awesome. But 
Yeah. So I show up to my gopher uh, visit and guess who my host is? I was going to ask, I was going to ask you about this now, now Aaron Chastain, then Aaron Hussey. She's my host. Was your host when you visited the U. Yes. Imagine that. So um, incredible host. And they just had a feel that program had a very family feel. Um, I think we went bowling. Um, I just loved the people. And yeah. I'll never forget, I we woke up one morning, Saturday morning, and you know, Aaron and I have some similarities. And I said, You want to go for a run? She's like, Let's go for a run. <laughs> so we got together. This is true, and just ran around. Of course, we're very competitive, so it was an incredibly <laughs> difficult run. On a, and so we're sprinting like down to West Bank and back, and she was showing me. I mean, you gotta love Aaron. And one of the things that made the biggest difference, I'm not kidding you, I, on my way home, Aaron, and this is what a good recruiter she is, she left me a card in my bag as a recruiting host and just said, listen, I think you're the perfect fit. I don't remember exactly what it said yeah. a long time ago, but, and that touch meant so much to me, right? So yeah. she recruited me. Especially, <laughs> especially to get that from, you know, like back then you were both like 19 or 20 or whatever. It's also those actions really mean a lot, especially when you're that age and you're still maybe trying to like be too cool for, you know, to, like speaking from your heart or being too, like don't want to be too authentic. Cause you got to be right. tough and the best and whatever. So especially at that time, actions yeah. like that. It I, was special. And she, she had such loyalty and commitment at being from, you know, Wyzetta yeah. and from Minnesota and wanted the program to grow. So she, her commitment is um, unmatched. Right. I would say to go for soccer. I mean, she is the original OG because right. she's so it's so fun to see her in the role now. And yeah, um, she recruited me. That's how I, I do, be a gopher. I do have only one more UNC question because I believe it or not, when I when people found out I was gonna have you on the show, I maybe got the most uh listener slash alum slash whatever questions <laughs> and suggestions that I ever have. And I, I do, I do need to ask you about possibly injuring one of America's most um, favorite soccer legends. And I do need you to speak to that, Mickey. (laughs) So I just remember um, it it was before in one of the national tournament runs, we were preparing and we were doing some drill that, uh, you know, right like before game day. And if anybody knows me, I mean, I, I make up for lack of talent with lack with aggression. That's who I've always been very true to Nebraska. Um, and so Mia and I, and I went into a tackle with Mia Ham, and she went down and, um, I just remember Ansa was not happy, you know, and I was like, what, you know, it's, it's hard to have the off switch. So, um, but it, it, you know, I, I will say those practices were so insanely fun and competitive. And I think that taught me, how to make it fun and competitive and a place where competitive women can thrive. Mm-hmm. And that's really, they, they started that. And we brought a lot of those same core values to Minnesota, to be honest. Right. And then of course, after that Anson instituted what like the, the soccer version of the red Jersey for a quarterback, he put on like a national team Jersey on Mia to remind people like, Hey, can you not like break this, this national treasure. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to think back those days, like she, Mia was just Mia, like women's soccer, oh, yeah. you know, we did, I didn't know at that time. Now right. I have a much better perspective. Like, That's true. Oh, it, they were that good. That's so true. It, you... We have been the best national, like best soccer team, college soccer team ever. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I didn't, I, I, mean, I was just trying to survive. 
Yeah. We learned it was really fun to play. And a lot of, a lot of great players, even, you know, Christine and, and Mia be, beyond them, there oh, was yeah. tremendous players there. So it was right. a fun experience. That's true. It's there's, there's nothing, there's no better way to like, forget and erase also hall of fame level level players than just saying the name Mia Hamm. And then all of a sudden I erased Christine Lilly from the conversation. So that's, that's how absurd, that's how absurd things are getting right now. Right. right. So it was, it was, it's fun. It's fun to look back. It was, I mean, just a blessing. And um, there were a lot of great athletes at the UNC at that time. Marion Jones lived in our dorm. Do you remember? (laughs) Okay. So she lived in our dorm floor. Yeah. Like, you know, you kind of are like, this is nuts. Now that when you go back, you're kind of like, oh, it's okay. It's like, you're, did Michael Johnson also go there then? Like, you're just, we were, just, we were surrounded by some excellence. I do appreciate that. Just, so. just going to name every like most famous <laughs> Olympian of the 90s. They all went to college with you. Yeah. So, so when you were at the U, and I mean, obviously, again, we'll have to take some of this offline. You can give me all the Aaron Hussey stories you have, but what are, what do you, you know, for folks who follow her as the coach, and obviously she's spoken so much about what it means for her to come home. She's a Minnesotan, played at the program for her to make this, you know, her, like to be able to lead the program. But for you as as a player, talk about what she was like as a teammate and a player, because I think we hear whispers about that. Tons of alums from your time. Now I meet like week in and week out. But I don't know we've had a lot of them on the show. So talk about what Aaron was like as as a teammate and a player. Well, I mean, I think what's cool is she's no different than how she is now. So yeah. she was, I mean, beyond her years then. I mean, she was a coach of our team even back then. So it's no surprise where she's at. So um, an incredible competitor, super mm-hmm. determined, high standards for the team, um, mm-hmm. but also, you know, uh, a leader and bring people in. She was a forward and a goal scorer, gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the glue you know, and so, um, and man, I mean, we, Hussey and I, you know, she, when we got to be captains together, we, we took it very seriously, as you can imagine. And I mean, we get up, we both love coffee and we brew coffee and sit up and just write down things like, we got to be better at this. We got to be better. And we go tell our coaches, like, we got to be better at this. And great story. We, it, there one season, we had a lifting program that Aaron and I didn't like. Yeah. Um, we didn't appreciate the lifting program. So um, her brother had a lot of experience. So he made a, our own workout because we didn't think it was helping us get better enough. So we came in with our own program and did our own thing and proceeded to get thrown out of the weight room. <laughs> so, I mean, it just is awesome. It's just awesome. <laughs> iron, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And she sharpened me. Um, I hope I did the same for her, but she... Yeah. She was, um, I, I'm really proud of her. And I, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for her because I've been in the trenches with her and I know who yeah. she is. And um, it's just neat to see her in this role, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and we're going to, I'm sure Corey Peterson, current strength <laughs> director is watching right now. And he's like, okay, I need to just like keep my antenna up. I need to... I need to look out in case Aaron comes in and like rips up the paper on the wall and just and like Matt, we did have the better program. Just so you know. <laughs> oh, I, day, we oh, never... I, oh, I believe I believe you. I believe you for sure. I you you both I, I I also know well enough to never challenge either of you. I, I don't need to get I don't need to get broken in half. I don't need I don't need to get broken in half. Yes. And so it is you know, Mickey, you mentioned earlier being at UNC and that intensity and like seeing that aggression of like those players going after each other. Not coincidentally, when I talk to folks from your era of the Gopher soccer program, intense is certainly a word that comes up a lot. Hardworking is certainly certainly a phrase that comes up a lot. 
um, from virtually everyone I talked to, both players and folks who were just around. And here's one way that one player from that era put it, and I'm just going to read a quick quote about you. She's easily the hardest worker I've ever known and has zero filter for her effort and expectations for herself. She's the best servant leader out there. One time she was seven months pregnant. We showed up as players at training and she was on the field moving full-size goals by herself in a windstorm. And rather than wait or ask us to do it when we arrived, she decided to just get it done. And I always think about that as a perfect picture of who she is. Nothing was ever beneath her. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) That's sweet. I I also need to know, so... Did you, when were your, when did you have those kids in your go for soccer era? Cause you have two kids, right? Yep. Two boys. So what was, so what was that like of sort of having balancing the, the parenting side and the coaching side? Cause you had had multiple coaching staffs and the coaching world is absurd on its own, let alone to balance family challenges. But for you, when did that happen in your Minnesota tenure? So, um, you know, I found out I was pregnant with both of the boys. You know, we timed it to be in the spring. Not You can't have a kid in season, you know, <laughs> that's the way it is, you know. But the, um, so I was pregnant during preseason of both. And I just remember the first one. I didn't want to tell the team during the season. I don't right. know why, to be right. honest. I mean, now I look back, I'm like, well, it's- I'm like, we we don't. You know, it was 2008 it was our best team, you know, and I was like, yeah. there is no distractions. I cannot right. be a distraction. Right. So, um, so I just remember during two a days being very ill because that first trimester, like, so yeah. like very ill, like the whole preseason that, that like that pregnancy. So that, but after that, it's awesome because the best way to ever forget that you're pregnant is be a coach in season. So you literally <laughs> forget you're pregnant. And so um, both, what's kind of cool is I was pregnant with both the boys during our 16, sweet 16 run. So they were there, which is really cool. So I I did, um, we went in and that's when we went to Notre Dame um, and lost the game on a last minute um, penalty call against Crystal Common. It's still painful. Don't ever talk to her about that. (laughs) Wow. See, I didn't. See, I don't even know. I knew I knew that's how the season ended, obviously. I didn't know that it was specifically Crystal. I would have gotten, I should have gotten a quote from her about that. Now there's going to be. Know, you should talk to her about that. Actually, <laughs> actually, maybe she will text me after the show and be like, shut the hell up, dude. It wasn't a foul. It wasn't a foul, Crystal. We'll find, ta- we'll find the tape. I'll find the it tape. Was, it was against Carrie Hanks, which is the, she was the NCAA maybe player of the year that year. Of course. She also had a lot of PKs. And, and, and so you know, but. And, they were the number one seed when we went in and, you know, it snowed eight inches and we had to, sh- they had to shovel off the field. So it was maybe right. 15 degrees, 10 degrees. Um, and I just remember a lot of coaches call me cause we were playing our three, five, two high press. And they were like, Mickey, you're not going to go in and do that. You're not going to try to do this. And I was like, what? if I walk into these group of women and this is like the 2008 era, you got to envision who these girls are. Right. Yeah. If I walk in there, you know, the back line was Crystal and Jenny and Kylie Coleman, you know, Lindsay Derringle. And I say, hey, guys, we're going to sit back. They will kill me. They will literally there's no there is they will. Molly Rouse will. They won't even listen. You know, <laughs> Like there is no sitting back. Like that's not what we do. And we want to done it anyway. So we're like, right. no, we're not sitting back. We're not right. absorbing pressure. We're going full on. We can play with these these, you know, we can play with them. And yeah. we obviously we did. We knew we, I mean, we had an unbelievable team. They were unbelievable. It was so fun to coach, but that was hard, <laughs> hard yeah. loss. That's, um, 
Well, you and you know, well, maybe you don't know. There's no bigger fan of a press than me. I'm I'm like the easiest person to please in the world. If someone just like runs a high press, all of a sudden I'm just I think they're the greatest team of all time. I like the the times when the Gophers run a high press, I am just I'm, oh. the, I'm the easiest customer. I'm the easiest. That, that press was so legit too. I mean, you got it. They would just slice. But you got it. I mean, our midfield. Woo. They were. You know, we had uh, Caitlin Wagner and Claire Grimwood and Molly Rouse and Kelsey Hook. You know, and and Lindsay Schwartz would run forever for us. You know, right. we just had a group that really. Um, wow. They 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 were about the press. That's who they were in their fiber of their being. So it was like freeing them. But it right. was a great game, and I know one they'll never forget. And um, yeah, I mean, if we could have taken him down, it would have been epic. But it was still epic, and that's yeah. how it ended. Crystal was in the box with Carrie Hanks, the Player of the Year. They got into a tackle, and it was a PK. And there was maybe I don't know, like two minutes left. It was heartbreaking, heartbreaking. So that's wild. And well, and I know you know, Mickey, the, like those years are so so legendary in the sense that like players of that era that even that you've mentioned are women that we've had on the show. I mean, Kelsey, Kelsey Hood, I've talked to multiple times. She's just like the coolest person on earth. You know, Jenny Jenny Clark, who's now on staff with, you know, Minnesota Aurora. And I got to help like bring her on for that club. And she's just amazing. Played pro forever. The coolest person in the world. Molly Rouse obviously was, was with the U for a bit. So Gopher fans got to see her and now she's out in Utah. And so these, these, and Crystal obviously in, you know, you mentioned a Coleman, everyone's going to perk up, but it's, so all those players are just in the ether. And I, so I hear about those, those seasons all the time. SJ is, you know, SJ is a program. And so it's, you know, you hear about these glory days, but I also know that in any year, you know, running a high level division one program is just such a grind. I mean, it's, it's an incredible grind for the players. It's an incredible grind for the coach when you're committing that much, it's just so hard. And obviously there was a lot of payoff back then of having those good runs, having that success. But for you, what were some of those hardest aspects of running a high level program like that? Because I think obviously maybe it's a little different now with the social media type stuff, but honestly, unfortunately women's soccer doesn't really get covered that much anyway so I don't think like the attention is like that much crazier now I think a lot of it is kind of similar what you know what were some of those toughest aspects of trying to run a really high level successful team I think one of the great changes that's happened since I was coaching in division one is they've made dead periods right back in the day there was no dead period so you know it was every Thanksgiving you I mean you know you were in Boca every Christmas you're in Orlando now this sounds you know, as a single, you know, or yeah. when she was with me without kids, this is beautiful. Like who doesn't want to be in Boca on Thanksgiving, but the, as you get a family and every holiday is recruiting and I do right. love recruiting. I mean, I, there's nothing better than recruiting. I still finding a great young woman and convincing her to come. And when she's a fit, there's nothing better. I mean, right. I love peace, but the recruiting aspect gets really difficult when you to balance. Yeah. And I think, you have to realize division one coaching is an all in endeavor. It's an all it's. Right. And I, I recognize that because I live with a coach. And so I didn't want to do a half-assed job. Right. Want to, I don't want to disrespect the program like that. I felt like when I left, I mean, we had a, maybe another Epic class with Simone and Josie and Rashida. I said that the cupboard is I've done what I can do. You yeah. know, what I mean? it's kind of like I've given everything I had. That I, I didn't, I didn't short you a thing. I didn't take right. a day. I gave you everything I have for as a player. And now I, I've got to, I've got to raise my family. Because right. it's important too. And so 
it was uh, difficult, but I felt good that, hey, I, I wasn't perfect, but I did everything I could do. Like, right. it gave me my all, you know? Well, so. and you, well, and you mentioned, I mean, well, the, first of all, there's no question that your the recruiting class you brought in before you left was about as good of a handoff as, as someone could have. But I'm also curious, you know, obviously I wasn't following the program then, Equal Time wasn't there, sure. but the, you know, easily the most notable thing about your departure was just the timing. I mean, like, that's the thing that folks bring up. And you mentioned just a bit ago, obviously, the decision had more than a little bit to do with your family and just being able to, I mean, like, there's, there's no one who appreciates how bonkers leading a D1 women's soccer program is than me. Like I, and the funny thing is, every coach of my area of covering the team has also had young kids while doing it. So like, yeah, that's interesting. You're talking about your time. It is just an insane like thing to ask of a parent, let alone a person. (laughs) But for, but for you, was it something where you were, cause it's a big decision. So I'm sure you were noodling for however long, but then it's like, well, when do I, when do I actually pull the trigger on this thing? So how did you end up, you know, was it the thing where you wish you maybe could have decided sooner, but then it's like, well, I was planning to go on in the fall. I mean, that year I wanted to go on in the fall. There was just, honestly, there was a couple things that happened, you know, just maybe signs with my kids, you know, I was like, it it didn't, I mean, Shane was going to support me irregardless to me. He's going to do the best he can. Some, just some experiences I had with my kids that spring. Right. My heart. Yeah. Really what it came down to. And if anybody, and I think every mom understands this, if anybody can pull the heartstrings, I mean, it's your kids. You're like, so that's, there was a couple things that happened that spring. And I said, I've got it. I've got to be here. This is right. And so, yeah, I probably, it was an interesting time, but it was the right time. And and I still yeah. felt very strongly. I mean, Crystal was on staff. Right. It was loaded up. It yeah. was, you know, I was like this shoot, you know, that right. no matter what. And, and I did, and, and this, they did ask me to call a number of people, you know, when I was resigning and um, she right. gave me a list, the athletic administrator. So I did make some calls. So, I, you know, yeah. helped the transition. Right. Well, and Crystal, yeah, it's funny. We, we didn't mention that the coaching side of like Crystal carrying over, there's sort of not a better assistant okay. coach you could have carry over. I, people talk about her the same way people talk about Molly Rouse. And frankly, I, I'm not from the same era as, as Aaron, but I think both of them are spoken about the way people talk about Aaron from when she was younger of just yes. someone who's shown so much potential, knows the game so well, just so clearly can be a high level D1 and or whatever level, like a high level head coach. And so, but yeah, le- having Crystal stay over is actually probably as important as all the players you actually got, to be honest. <laughs> that, that was my biggest um, recommendation. Right. <laughs> But right. she, she's, yeah, she's, um, and you know, she was really young at that time. I mean, yeah. her as a coach, so, you know, having her step into the role was probably too soon. I mean, maybe, yeah. she, I mean, she was young. We took her right. out of, um, as an assistant and I got some pushback on that from our administration on taking such a young person. And, right. and I just remember coach Kate, who was with me, who helped build the program. Yeah. Um, she came from Missouri with me and she's a really special, special person, um, who I adore. And yeah. so she, we sat in the office and she said, and she coached Crystal in the back. I mean, she was our back line. She said, I don't care what they say. You're in Crystal's come. Even she was at it. So we just pretty much ignored them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to forget it. Like we knew what she had. She's such a special coach. I mean, she's so talented. She's amazing. Well, and managing that staff is something that <clears throat> came up a little bit when 
at least in my behind the scenes conversations when when the job was up last summer. And so, for instance, even before Aaron got hired, the conversation of, okay, so these assistants are technically still on staff. Who do we think might stay? Who do we think might get replaced? That mix of who's on staff is such a big thing that I don't think I certainly don't cover super in depth and I don't think is talked about a ton. But the idea of if you're having a younger coach like, say, like Amaya Hayes, who's who's a sort of a stud young coach, stud former player who just is so great at what she does, but is so so new in their career. How do you balance the staff of like grow, you know, focusing on growing and developing one coach, but then not having your entire staff young or, you know, the balance of sort of how do we get the right mix of sort of growing women who can then go on to another and expand that coaching tree versus doing things right now? And how do you balance those values? It's it's really tough. And I don't think it's super clean. And so that tension of like, you can't bring on a young coach, but you saying, well, I know she has the potential. We just have to invest a little bit in getting her up to the day-to-day sort of logistical garbage that coaching requires because she knows the game, but how do we teach her to use that in her coaching voice? Yeah, and she doesn't have it. She didn't have any issue with that. I mean, Christian, she's a callman, you know? (laughs) I've recruited three of them. So, you know, uh, I've been in their house many a time begging for them to come. And she denied me at first, but then she came (laughs) I got Kylie and then I didn't get Cassie, but I tried, right. I tried you, my best. <laughs> you, you were able to get Crystal after she did what you, she had a couple seasons out East and then you got her over. That's what Which happened. Awesome. And it, the amount of mail we have sent to the Coleman household from Minnesota soccer is, is epic. I mean, really. Yeah. You could, you could drive to that house blind right now. You could drive in the dark for sure. Yes. I've only been there for our, our home visits that we used to do. I'm not sure which were my fa- very favorite things we right. did. We used to go in all their homes and um, present. And that was one of my favorites. Coach yeah. Blitz from Missouri taught me how to do So going in the Coleman house, I mean, they have six kids and five played division one soccer. So it's not a, I mean, this is, it's a special place. They, Man. they, they breed champions. Literally. <laughs> they, they have a little bit of soccer experience, a little bit. They're special people. They've, they've given a lot to the soccer community in Minnesota. Really, uh, they're one of the, yeah, they're a big time family in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah, we knew she had it. I mean, we don't have any doubts. There was no, yeah. it's just, you know, athletic administrators sometimes, Matt, don't know what's going on. Let's be honest. I know, I know. And, and, and Tom, if you're watching right now, we're not, not talking Tom. about you. Tom. Tom, Tom, you're great. Equal time soccer guest Tom McGinnis. He obviously knows. No. We're talking about other people. No, just saying that, you know, Chris, we knew Crystal was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break just to let folks know this week's episode is brought to you by Who Else? Pence Homes. You see him on the scroller because we are technically a professional show. So we have a, we have a graphic scroller on the bottom. Pence Homes is a real estate team with Keller Williams. I personally have experience working with Nate Lydia. As I remind folks, I'm standing in a home. They helped my wife and I buy. So I owe them, you know, my entire home. They also helped us sell our home last year during COVID. So thank you so much to them. Uh, Nate has been a supporter of local soccer community, including as an owner of Minnesota Aurora with their their new fresh name. Uh, we also enjoyed work with, with one of their preferred lenders, Angie Shear with Luminate Financing. Her team was great. She is the best. So if any viewers, listeners have house questions, whether they want to buy or sell, need a furnace, need flooring, whatever, go to penshomes.com. You can see their Twitter handle on our show too. Find them on Twitter. They are the best. So Mickey, we talked about, you know, when, when you made that decision to step away from the Gophers, the funny thing is I've actually heard from some players who you've been engaged with since then, 
both because I know you've been engaged in certain club roles. You've been engaged with, you know, MYSA, the, the Minnesota Youth Soccer Association, but also, you know, what is, and so talk a little bit about what you've been doing since the, the gopher role. I know, was it Dakota Rev you mm-hmm. had, you had a role with, which yeah. if folks yeah. don't follow the fun nuances of club soccer yes. is now part of Salvo, I believe. Yes. yes. I, I mean, you know, in coming through, obviously we have a lot of connections with different clubs and there were several clubs that sent us great players. Um, you know, St. Croix sent us some unbelievable players. I mean, that's where the Commons play, you know, MTA yeah. always sent us some great players and yeah. Rev, I knew from two guys, uh, Nels Dockin and Toby Thorsell. And I loved those guys. They're just guys that you want to, I, I just think their heart is in the right place. Nels is, is one of the best developers of young female soccer players in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, um, there's a couple others that do some tremendous jobs, but the, so when they, when I was kind of starting to say, how am I going to get involved? Um, they contacted me and, and to be honest, I wanted to be it because of them. So Nels had had this young girls team and they really had started, they were, they were younger than an MTA. He started building them up. And I tell right. you, he's, he's tremendous with that age group. So he said, do you want to take this group of players and I said, how fun. And so I, you know, like a sophomore group, which is the perfect recruiting time. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I knew I was going to take them and I walked into the West St. Paul dome one time to, to watch them. And I was, they were playing this Egan team and there was this goalkeeper standing there. And I said, this chick's a stud. <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, yeah, she's got to come play for our team. And so I recruited her and that's Megan Plashko. <laughs> <laughs> And that's not hard to know why she's a stud. I mean, she's like, that's you can tell from a young age. I was like, uh, okay, you got to come play for our team. And then um, I got a call from, you know, the Minnesota State Athletic Director. Um, and he knows my dad because my dad was at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. So he called and said, you know, I have this daughter from, from Mankato. Yeah. And I said, bring her up to a session, you know, and this left-footed, just gritty, fast, athletic, raw girl, McKenna Biasman. And I yeah. said, you got to come play on our team. And then they had a, a group of girls and ended up being just a phenomenal group. I mean, it was good for me because it, it got me back in the game, but it also taught me a lot just to be connected with young people like that. Right. You know, they teach you so much. And I got to help guide them through that college process. So they right. ended up having, um, see, we had like 12 go on to college soccer, eight of them. Uh, Linnea Yacavella too, yeah. in our second year. So it was, it's really kind of, so then I was talking to Steph and Crystal on the yeah. recruiting front for those kids, which is kind of a strange, that, is that really- was really fun for me, Matt, because it's just so, Yeah. and then Hussey recruited our, our, one of our forwards, Jamie oh. Schuller, who is an yeah. incredible goal scoring forward. She ended up, she had a couple ACL injuries, um, that she didn't get to finish her career. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really fun. And then um, after we took them through the junior year, um, I've been coaching a boys club team of 30 boys in the St. Paul Mendota Heights area. They, they came to me and said, we just want to play seasonal soccer and includes my son. Yeah. Um, So talk about fun. Coaching boys (laughs) is awesome through adolescence. And so I coached them for, um, four years now. And so wow. they're all going on to high school soccer and um, they, they could care less who I am. That's <laughs> I'm just forest mom to them. Yeah. They're always like, who are you? Did you, play? you know? And so I was like, <laughs> so you coach them from like 11 to 15 or something. Yeah. yeah they're just, they're now going to high school um, soccer. So wow. they're, and they, I, I mean, and you'll love this, Matt, we press and press hard. <laughs> 
Honestly, <laughs> honestly, the 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 amount of like former high level women's players who are in the coaching space that like the players for sure do not appreciate is always bonkers to me. There was one fall where um, like Tori Burnett, Jenny Clark, and there was like three other either pro or like all conference level D1 players who were assistants in the Mayak. And I, I made some joke. I'm like, there's no way these players know what they have. There's no way they know what they have. So you coaching like 11 year old boys is like that version of that, where they're just like, Oh, Forrest mom keeps telling us to like run harder. I don't know. That is, that is wild. I mean, to be honest, they're super respectful and yeah. they have a great connection with many of them. And I think what I've learned, um, and I think I was just talking to another coach about this, but we do a lot of free play. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, how it changes, how you kind of structure yourself. And one thing about boys is, man, if you put out a ball, they are, they compete instantly. <laughs> like before practice, same thing. If you go both boys, first of all, they all stand in front of goal and shoot the ball as hard as they can. <laughs> you have five kids and there's always like some kind of injury. Girls are just sit and talk like, you know, it's a different way that they start off their game, but it's so fun for me to engage with them and connect. They're so respectful and get them to compete. Um, I've, 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 I've really enjoyed it to be yeah. honest. This made me a better coach. It really yeah. does. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier sort of how, um, you know, your background playing at sort of that small, um, I believe Catholic school down in, in Omaha at Marion. And then you sort of mentioned that's what made you sort of interested in, in visitation. And I know you mentioned Mendota Heights. Obviously, I think that's where that's the area that visitation is in as well. But, you know, how did that job come together? Obviously, for folks who didn't see, that was actually what pinged me to think about reaching out to you again as you were announced as the new head of the visitation soccer program. And so you mentioned a little bit about sort of your your general interests, but talk about how that job came together. And um, and I think I will say on your behalf that that place is insanely lucky to have a coach of your caliber leading their program. But for you, how did you know, how did that come together and what made it a good fit? You know, we we lived in Minneapolis when I was at the U for years and years. And then um, after, you know, I stepped away from the job, um, my husband works right in Egan. So we were looking into moving something bigger. Once you have two boys running around, you're like, you, we need to get. So we lived right in South Minneapolis for years. Um, uh-huh. And then we moved to Mendota Heights. So we're right over in this area. And both my boys um, will attend St. Thomas Academy. We knew that, you know, I'm a huge proponent. They go to Catholic school now. It's just, it's impacted my life. Yeah. Um, and I've always, from afar, I've met a lot of visitation women alums because they, you know, all girls Catholic, my neighbors. Okay. So, um, one of the the former coach contacted me when he stepped away and he said, would you have any interest in um, to be honest, you know, I, I don't have interest right now getting back in the college game because it's just I know the time kind of like we talked, right. you got to be all in. Right. But high school is a really fun endeavor. And, you know, clubs tough, too, because you travel a ton. Both my boys play baseball now. Um, they play basketball, too. They play soccer, you know, so yeah. I want to be that. I want to I want to go. I want to see yeah. things. And so this was kind of a perfect fit. And I get to do some work in the school, too. Um, which I love. And then right. it's across the street from where my boys will go to school. Oh, nice. Not cool. And then get hey, the, the logistics. Don't, don't sleep on the logistics, people. That location does make an int- that does that yeah. does help make it possible. And, you know, when I met with them, they have a female athletic director. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, Alyssa Ryan Manning, she 
Wow. She came, she's been in the college game. Um, and just speaking with her, I just connected. You're so special, such, you know, spoke about female leadership. I mean, it's an incredible academic school and uh -huh. they are really building athletics. Um, and the, it's the only all girls school in Minnesota. So oh, I'm a, I, it just, it transformed my life that um, experience. Yeah. And then Renee Gavick, I spoke to her, the head of school, and I just connected. I, I just want to be part of a mission. I guess, yeah. you know, you, when you want to be part of it, you want to, you want to engage in the mission. So I love mission-based schools. And yeah. so I'm really excited. Oh, that's cool. That's I, and I think you mentioned a couple hints there. You mentioned your, your husband Shane before, and you mentioned your son's playing baseball for those who have not done a, a deep dive on the, the Denny Wright household. There's a lot of athletic talent in, in there. I believe, you know, you obviously had your very successful high level playing career. Your husband, I believe was an, you know, all American down at Texas tech was drafted, you know, by the pirates in MLB, mm -hmm. all of those things. And so I'm not surprised that your boys maybe play a little bit of baseball, but talk a little bit about how you and your husband met. When did that happen? Cause obviously him going to Texas tech, you going to the U made me at least curious of where the connection point happened. We, um, I was on a recruiting trip in Florida and flying back. And I sat next to a guy, super, a teacher from Kansas city area the whole time he taught and he coached basketball. And we uh -huh. talked the whole time. And at the end of the day, um, I gave my card. I said, if you ever want to come to a game in Columbia, Missouri, I was working for coach Blitz then come. Oh, yeah. Um, he wrote me an email and said, listen, um, this is going to sound weird, but I think I have the perfect match for you. My future brother-in-law. So that gentleman's name is Mike Riley, and he he's a, still a teacher, coach, principal in Kansas City. So I contacted Shane, and I was going to Kansas City. We recruited a lot in Kansas City, yeah. and we had breakfast. Um, and Shane is, you know, obviously, I have dated several athletes in the past, but um, he's just really special because I think he has a heart of, you know, I have met great athletes, but also just his compassion, his humility. Yeah. So we had coffee and breakfast together. We got married six months later. Yeah. Outside the season, of course, Matt, outside. the season. <laughs> so December 20, we got married right after the, um, and then he, you know, when I, I, he stayed, we were at Missouri together and he got a job there in Columbia and, and I loved the university of Missouri. Brian Berlitz is one of my favorite people and a huge mentor to me. He's, he's actually yeah. coaching in Italy now. Oh, wow. he's, he's just fantastic. His whole family. He's fantastic. I have so much respect for him. But um, when Shane, when the job came open at the U, he knew it was my goal. So I went up here. I don't know why we didn't fly Shane up there. I don't know if that didn't happen at that time. I don't Who knows why he didn't right. come. But I just remember I called and I said, you know, can I take it if I get it? And he's like, he'd never been in Minnesota. Ever. <laughs> and he just said, how many months a year can I golf? And Matt, I lied. I and said, you were like, <laughs> he's a big golfer. I was like, seven. It's great. Hey, <laughs> hey, if we, I'm sure there has been an individual year where that's true. But, hey, this year we golfed in November. We did. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure if you go, you hang out down in like Albert Lee or you go, if you go down to border country, I'm sure technically there are places where golf has happened seven months a year. So we're not going to call you a liar on this show, Nikki. No but he's, he, I mean, he was such a great supporter. Um, you know, the whole time, because you need yeah. somebody and he he's a great blend of um, just balance and a yeah. rock and stability and um, loyalty. Just a, he's, he's a, you can't do it without a great partner. And so he, he was so in. I mean, 
he didn't mind because I took him to Boca and he just go golfing, right? For kids. He's like, this is a great gig, you know? He's not. He would go hit balls over at the U golf, you right. know, um, driving range. Well, um, of course. You know, games. And of he course. He's the ball kid for games in the NCAA yeah. because he's like, I know when to give the ball and when not to. You know, like, he's like, he's, he's like, you know. Chad, Chad Chastain, are you watching this? The bar has been raised. If you want to be a good spouse of the head coach, you need to personally, as a grown-ass man, go be a ball boy. And that that has been thrown down. Push push that 12-year-old girl aside. Take take that penny and and man up, spouse up. Because we- when we were um, that year we hosted, and I'm trying to remember the first game, it was AM and so when we yeah when we were playing um it was molly rouse's brother josh rouse who's a total stud and and he's their family the rouse house and yeah. my my husband and we're like we need people that know the game down there because you have right. to do i walk to the ball do i run to the ball like you know come on like it's we're hosting you got to use that to your advantage so shane and josh were the posse that knew like listen if we got to know yeah seriously <laughs> That's high-level gamesmanship. That's high-level gamesmanship. Your husband has the ball kid and Josh Rouse, who Josh knows what's up to. So. Also, you, you mentioned the Rouses. Never have I been more intimidated by, like, five-foot-tall women than when you meet, like, a Rouse sister. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. I'm not I'm not messing with any of oh, these. Wow. I'm not I'm not going to touch this. They are the coolest, most badass yeah, people yeah. on the planet. I love them. We had a gopher watch party at Blackheart one time and Molly Rouse was an assistant coach and one of her sisters walked in and they obviously look exactly like, you know, I'm yeah. an identical twin and I thought yeah. they looked exactly alike. And I immediately was like, I am intimidated by this Rouse sister. They're, they're such special people. And one of my favorite home visits, because they, they homeschooled their kids many years. Oh, and sure. it's like, how do you homeschool your kids and have the most, the fiercest competitors on earth? Right. And, um, Gosh, I love that. And recruiting Molly, Molly was a kind of a, you know, really an under-recruited player. And she came to one of my camps uh-huh. and just proved herself. And I just remember, and she was even smaller then, just yeah. watching her play. And I was, I've to see somebody play soccer with every fiber of their being, yeah. you know, it just meant so much. And then I remember the Rouses invited me to play on this pickup team with them in the indoor sessions in Holy Angels. So I had to play with the Rouses and that lat we got into like three fights. and I was like this is wild (laughs) and I their family is um they're just incredible people I was still very close with them but yeah Molly's awesome and their entire family I yeah I don't I don't have what it takes to even consider attempting that I I would even if the offer came in I would politely offer to like pay for the uniforms or something I'd be like if you ever just go play a pickup game with the Rouses if you ever like iron sharpens iron they're the I don't need to be humbled anymore, Mickey. I don't. I don't need to be knocked down that low. Like I don't. You're so I don't need, awesome. Yeah. I don't need. That. I don't need that in my life. Yeah. So we do have a couple more questions from alums, and you you actually already brought up 120s, crushing some 120s when you were out with Anson. We do have a question from an alum of what you plan to do for the athletic testing at visitation. Are you going to, are we talking 120s and cones? What are we going to adjust at all from, from what gophers remember of the, the sheer intensity of Mickey Denny Wright gopher athletic training? Are we, is that going to be adjusted at all? Well, this is a great, the great thing is, do you know who my assistant coach is for this? This is Emily Peterson. 
Oh my God. Wait a second. We're, we're breaking that here. So they, this is how small world we, we go to practice baseball in a place called the cages. The sure. cages is owned by former, the McDevitts, who's Cole McDevitt, former gopher baseball player. And guess who he's yeah. married to? Emily. Oh, I, I'm down there and Cole's like, you know, my, my wife would like to get involved in coaching. And so I'm like, well, I'm, I'm considering this job. So I get this call from Emily Peterson, who I know because I knew, man, if Crystal recruited this center back and you can relate with me, this girl's a stud. Oh. Like, and I, she is, and I've, I've heard about her from afar. It never met her. Yeah. And so I said, well, let's get together. So we get together at the cages while my kids are practicing baseball. And I meet her. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, she's so special. PD right? is, PD is like, I can't believe what? you just like cold mentioned Emily Peterson. You're, you're, you're throwing me for a loop. I, I, I am like, PD is like one of my favorites yes. for, for serious hardcore equal time followers, or let's actually go the other way. If folks are watching this and they, for some reason, didn't follow equal time back when PD played and everyone's going to be annoyed that I do this. I'm going to repost the giant feature I did on Emily Peterson when she oh. came back from ACL tear. Yes. It is still like the most meaningful thing I've done on equal time. She came back in five and a half months. She, she was a captain. Just the way people spoke about Emily Peterson on that team was like, I was like crying and welling up in like multiple interviews I did for that piece because Corey Peterson talking about how she came back working in the weight room. I mean, like her parents talking about what Corey meant to them. Like I'm welling up right now. Like it was, it was so, she's so, so cool. I also have to say, this is the most overstaffed, like over, this is the most overqualified high school soccer staff of all time. It's, I mean, I'm just so, I walked away from meeting her and I sat in the car to Shane. I go, she just makes me, she's gonna make me a better person. I'm like, I, I want to be around this girl. I'm like, she's phenomenal. Like we are, phenomenal. So we, we sat are, down last week and like we're doing our core values, obviously all the go former gophers will all laugh because we always did core values. Emily Peterson and I are developing the core values for visitation soccer. And I'm like, this is so special. I mean, I, now I appreciate, but you know, it'll be, hopefully it'll be a great opportunity for her to dip her toes into coaching yeah. and get impact. But I, I, I'm like, I'm so thrilled just to like iron sharpens iron. She's just going to make me a better human. So, um, Although I don't think I don't think PD being an assistant coach makes me any easier about how high level the fitness requirements are going to be. I, this is not soothing any of the worries from these alums, Mickey. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was like, um, so we developed a new fitness test there called Blazers because they're the right. blazer. And right. But, um, we it's still in in development. I would say so okay. we have a, a standard, but we have to. Emily's has to go run it. We have to go run it to see if this is, I, we are dumbing down the one twenties, but we have a new fitness standard called the blazer. Maybe, maybe yes. what my summer goal can be Mickey is that for me, maybe my version of getting into game shape is that I will tell PD by like July 15th, I need to be able to pass the blazers. I need to be able to pass the blazers. So we maybe we'll do that again. No one wants to see that. No one is asking. Well, I think this. it's awesome, Matt. Okay. I feel the same way. We'll send maybe. it to you. That'd be awesome. She's. I'm, yes. at, I'm at like 185. I'm like 10 pounds above my fighting with my game weight. I need to, so I'm going to need to get down to my game, my game shape. I haven't run in maybe like five years. 
Like, it would be, I mean, if anybody can motivate you to do it, it's Emily Peterson, right? That's that's a good point. I'm like, well, and and you, because I would be scared. I'll, so I'll be scared of you, and then I'll be inspired by PD. See, that's the balance we're looking for. See, this <laughs> scary, scary cop, nice cop is the. That's for sure. We and one more, one more Gopher alum question before I throw a random, one single random trivia question at you. I'm being nice. It's only one random trivia question. Yeah. Well, one other alum question, and I think the question might give away the asker a little bit, but. Um, we obviously were talking a little bit earlier about like pre-cell phones. We talked about technology. So we are now obviously in full phone era, but who, who helped you get into phone era and helped you learn how to text Mickey? We need to, we need that on the record. Well, Sarah Johnson SJ is it really has is what she's taught me in life is un, she still teaches me things in life. So, you know, we recruited SJ when I first came, it was our first camp as a goal for soccer. So, you know, that summer, yeah. And two former, um, Shalon Danielson and Gretchen Brandt, two former gophers were her high school coach. And they said, this girl really wants to be a gopher, come to camp. Yeah. So this is how special SJ is. You can relate this, that she's director of options. By the end of camp, she was helping run the camp. So right. she had taken over the pizza order. She had done the, I mean, she was running our camp and we just kept giving her more things. Cause I was like this girl, and this is as a, as high school senior. So we said, you got to come play. Like, right. and it's so funny that now she's the director of ops. But so she, okay. she's my go-to, as you know, like mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I try to stay away from a lot of things like yes. you know, social media. And now I'm trying to re-engage also, but she teaches me so many things. So when texting just came out, I'm like, Eshe, you got to figure out how to text, you know, show me. Yeah. Before. So SJ shows me what's cool, what's not. I mean, still to this day, I'm like, SJ, what kind of shoes are cool? Like, what, <laughs> how do I do this on Instagram? Like, I just, things like that. So did she tell you the first, one of my first texts? So no. I'm sitting at Houston shootout and I'm like, I haven't seen my husband for a while. I'm, a, I'm cool. I'm going to text him. I love him. But I, you know, this is flip phones, Matt. So yeah. these are easily mistakes made. Yes. So I had also been texting recruits. Yes. Well, I text Chelsea Turner when I, I love you. No joke from me. <laughs> and I shut the phone and I'm like, well, that's yep. he didn't write back. Oh, God. Come on, Shane. I just text a recruit. And I, you know, then I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. I mean, I do love you. I love you. <laughs> the gophers, but not like that. This is really awkward. So that's a great. And she's so weird. And then she, and then she's like, coach, you just cost me like 50 cents. Yes. So yeah, right. This is back when texts were like a quarter each or whatever they were. So it, but SJ is, um, that's great. He teaches me and still teaches me to the med. She's my go-to for all things. It's also good that you ask her for advice because she already is thinking the advice for you anyway. Right. This is a great point. She, she, she anytime I speak with her, she's very clear about what I what should and shouldn't be happening. So it's good that you ask her. SJ, SJ is the best, by the way. SJ is the best. Oh my god, she's part of the get shit done crew. I mean, <laughs> it's serious. Like if you want shit done, you call SJ for about yeah. anything. Yes. This is um, she's just the engine and the glue and yeah. she's awesome. She's great. And so Mickey, we have already kept you way too long. I will close out only with of all the research I was doing, all the things I could see, honestly, one of the things that jumped out most to me, and I mentioned the two Sweet 16 runs, the two deepest runs in program history, but honestly, even knowing that, the thing that jumped out to me when I was scanning the record books, all these things, is that record in 2008, 22 and four, which right. is just like, 
I don't know if people appreciate like how bonkers that record is. I mean, for context, the other year you went to the Sweet 16, your record was 14, 6, and 3, which is also an unbelievable record. But frankly, a much more normal record. 22 and 4 is bonkers. It's it's just like next level crazy. And you you already mentioned, obviously, the loss that ended the season is easy yeah. to remember. But I'm curious if since there was only four losses, are those still burned in your mind? Can you name the other losses? Oh, geez. Well, I, I think I can. And I will tell you the reason is because that recruiting class, right, that was our first recruiting class was seniors. So that the senior leadership. And I just remember with the leadership council that year when we um, met with them, they would come in and we were undefeated and they were like, you can appreciate this. They're like, it's not enough goals. We're not doing enough. This is not good enough. And I'm like, and that's the kind of women you're around. And the leaders remember, I just remember them sitting and it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. I'm like the whole year. And it's awesome. Um, We lost to Michigan State and Lindsay there. We'll talk about this goal for a long time. It was a miscommunication between Crystal and Lindsay, and they there was maybe two of them, but that was painful. Um, Penn State, we lost to Penn State. Yeah, um, we lost to Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, shoot, did we list to Penn State twice? It, yeah, we lost to them twice, didn't we? We lost yeah. to them in the Big Ten tournament final. You nailed it. Damn. Matt, by the way, and and yeah, and, uh, first of all, apologies for bringing up the only sore spot of that season, and then also this is probably Maya Hayes. This is probably yeah. that stinking Maya Hayes. I don't know. Actually, I should have checked done. that. I should have done that it research. Actually was. For, it was. For, I remember the goal. Former all everything Penn State forward. Maya yeah. Hayes, now go for assistant. By the way, I did not go into the show thinking that I would get like a bunch of angry texts from Crystal Seidel uh, this week. Now, apparently, I have painted myself into that corner. So it's good to know that I'm going to get yelled at uh, for bringing up, like, the the, the saddest moment. She didn't make many errors. So this is, I just remember, exactly. it was a miscommunication on a ball across. I remember, because we watched it many times on film. Yeah. And I just remember her and Dare, who, you know, yeah. mad at each other. And I yeah. was like, yeah. It, you know, and Lindsay Dare is not that kind of person. I mean, no. she's as big of a heart as you could ever have we used to have a saying what would Lindsay dare do like what would and we were like we're gonna make wristbands and have our dinner what would Lindsay dare do and then live your life accordingly that's what we said and Lindsay dare also coaching with Molly in Utah another gopher alum in the coaching rank so that's great well Mickey this has been so 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 much fun Mm -hmm. I I will say this show is basically putting all of the small Catholic school conference competition on alert but (laughs) Mick, Mickey is Mickey Denny right now leading visitation soccer program with former stud center back Emily Peterson as her assistant breaking the news right here with us yeah. Mickey but also Mickey thanks so much for coming on obviously as I mentioned before you come up so much in these conversations about the modern gopher soccer program building on this previous iteration so many of those players from that era are now in the coaching ranks and doing so much for the game and so having you on has been an absolute blast thanks so much yeah. um and good and good luck in that in that routine i'm going to start jogging now so we can build up to blazers blazers we're going to get Petey's going to get you out and me we'll go finish blazers because that she's going to make us better but thank you for all you do you do an excellent job and for all you've given a go for soccer and there's some really really special women in that program yeah. as you know and i think highlighting them is i mean as as great of a mission as you can have because the the most special thing about go for soccer is the people and yeah. some inc- 
incredible women that have come through there. I just got to hang with a few, which is great. 100%. Well, thank you so much. We won't take any more of your time, Mickey. Thanks so much for being here. Have a great day.